Welcome to the Outer Realm with Michelle DeRoche and Amelia Passano. Airing live on the United Public Radio Network, 105.3 FM in New Orleans. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Thursday night segment of The Outer Realm. We're broadcasting live right here on the United Public Radio Network, UFO Paranormal Radio Network, 105.3 and 107.7 FM from the beautiful city of New Orleans. Thank you big time to Folgers Coffee, who have been part of our journey since the very beginning. Without you, we would not be here. So we appreciate you so very much. Also, Big thank you to Dr. Snick, the sonic surgeon, a.k.a. Justin Snicker, who is an award-winning composer of Halloween horror, sci-fi, and dark wave electronic music. And he is the voice that you hear on our intro and our outro. That is his music to which he created. And we're just so honored that he would pass that on and allow us to, to use it. So he's been very creative and just awesome. Big thank you to Steve McGinnis. Again, the man behind the artwork of The Outer Realm. Uh, you can find him on Facebook and Instagram. Does a lot of commission pieces, has a lot of stuff ready to go. Again, you're getting into the horror genre and all kinds of phenomenal stuff. But again, just remember, he does commission pieces. I've seen him do phenomenal stuff. So anyway, check him out. Anyway, tonight, and I really hope I'm going to say this right, because I know you're sitting here waiting, Rob. <laughs> um, Rob Gutro. Please nod if I said that right. <laughs> so yeah, maybe no. Okay. But anyway, um, he's here for the very first time, and we're going to be discussing his book series, Pets and the Afterlife. And I know a lot of people love this, and we've had a lot of requests to bring on people who wish to talk about pets. So tonight is the night. So head on over to one of the eight designated chat rooms. Please bear with us once you guys all start filing in here. It's like mm -hmm. a super highway of eight lanes coming down into one. And the objective, of course, is to let our guests speak. And if we have the opportunity to bring your questions and comments, of course, we certainly will. So, Amelia, we are ready for... Ah, yes. Here we go. Yes, very excited. I have a lot of people really, really excited about this show tonight. Rob Goudreau is an author, paranormal investigator, and medium with inspired ghost tracking of Maryland. Since he was a child, he could receive messages from ghosts or spirits who have crossed over. As a scientist, he also provides some scientific explanations about how energy is the baseline for the afterlife and the medium that entities use to communicate. In 2005, Rob's late puppy passed, poor, that's awful, and inspired Rob to write his first book and enabled him to communicate with pets. Rob participates in private paranormal investigations. He also helps spirits cross over and has provided countless messages from people or pets as ghosts or spirits, and he also lives in a haunted house. Ooh. Please welcome Rob to the show. 
Hello. I'm so sad the puppy died. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Amelia. Hi, Michelle. Thanks for having me. How are you? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, thank you for joining us. Okay, please, did we say your last name properly? I'm, I I always try to get people, like when the agents send me stuff, sound it out like phonics. <laughs> um, it was close enough. It, it, I, I pronounced it Gautreau, but... Gautreau, okay. Okay, okay. I, yes. Yes. I add the ooh from being Italian, forgive and me. And I'm French, I'm sorry. so yeah, let yeah. that go. We get everything We wrong. do that European, we change it to a long instead of a short. Okay. That's well, all I'm French, to do Irish, and Italian, and it's kind of a massacred French name. So we're all good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I get massacred on a regular basis. It's usually how I can tell when I'm being, you know, uh, when I have a telemarketer after me, I'm going, what? How did you say that? Oh, I know. <laughs> okay. There we go. But thank you again for joining us. Um, definitely a lot of people have been asking for this for a long time. We try to do it at a really lighthearted time of year. Um, because there's a lot of loss of life and people, you know, for, for a lot of people, um, our fur babies are our babies and we get a lot of signs much like you would in the spirit world. And I think it's a matter of being aware of those signs because life keeps you so busy. You just don't recognize them. You don't think that pets could leave signs. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. So, where would you like to start with all of this? Because I want you to get in as much as possible to make this time well worth it for you. Uh, sure. Well, I will tell you <laughs> that we do meet our pets on the other side. And um, I, as, a, uh, as a scientist, it's really important for me to prove things. So, mm -hmm. um, so I talk about the science of energy. I talk about behavioral science. I talk about uh, how pets learn. Um, and, and as they learn how they can convey things back to us, um, and how they take in the environment. Um, hmm. and there's many, many ways that they do communicate with us from the afterlife. That was me. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Ripped the paper a little too <laughs> loudly. Sorry. Um, I, I completely believe that because I've had several different um experiences from my pets the last pet to die i hear her barking all the time i'm thinking because my scientific brain says oh it's got to be residual but it gets weird when it's in response to what you're talking when you're when you're communicating about the pet in general <laughs> so um there is a belief that spirits our essence, you know, reincarnation and if you're looking at the buddhist belief that you can't come back as a pet do pets have these little, you know, I always say, cause you know, my chihuahua was three pounds. Do they have these little essences? <laughs> Is there human essences? Can we come back and forth as anything we want? Um, well, I, it, it hasn't been my experience that we, we've been able to come back and forth as uh, like across the animal kingdom, but okay. um, anything's certainly possible. I, you know, I don't, I don't know the answers. Um, okay. Yeah. It's a curiosity I, because, you know, that would explain, I mean, the, the, the ability to communicate, but, I would like to hear your theories on that. Well, I, I, I sometimes I joke that I say if you if you've ever caught your coworker licking their their hand like <laughs> that, <laughs> then you know what they used to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right. Well, um, then with spirits, let's let's just look at one of your experiences with the loss of a pet. You know, how did it? 
How did you first off become involved in wanting to or delving into pet communication? Was that from the loss of one of your pets first off? Because you have four yeah, books. It, That's pretty impressive. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, people from the other side just won't stop talking to me. And, <laughs> it's a good thing. Including um, the pets, apparently. <laughs> That's yeah. sweet, though. Yeah. Yeah. So when I was 13 years old, my grandfather appeared to me and he scared me. Um, and I, I shelved it until um, my my puppy Buzz passed away, and that's this guy over here. He's a Aww, um, he's so a wine Yeah, he was a bunch of seven months old when he he died. He he was <gasps> a victim of a car accident when Aww. his niece was. So um, that was a very traumatic experience for me back in two thousand five, but he kind of he blew the doors off of my abilities to communicate with people and and pets who passed on the other side and uh and he did a lot of things and uh some of your some of your viewers might be able to relate to these things like you mentioned hearing a bark michelle yes um, yeah so barks and barks meows um whinnies from horses any domesticated pet pet has the ability to communicate with us from the other side um <laughs> And they often do things that they used to do in life. So they will, they may appear as a shadow figure. At, later on, maybe we can address um, yes. the topic of energy. Yes, of course. Um, also, uh, I just want you to know that there's also, I make a distinct uh, distinction between ghosts, which are earthbound, and spirits, which have crossed over. Yes. Um, and 99% of our pets have crossed over, so they're in spirit, and they'll be waiting for us. Um, they're, they, they have the ability, thanks to the help of human spirits to send us things like coins. Um, and they, they may, uh, in with human spirit help have us, um, turn on the radio at a certain time or, or walk into a certain place that's playing a song that may remind you of them. So mm -hmm. a lot of the same kinds of things that, that human spirits do. Wow. Oh, Versace yeah. is going to be putting the Disney Channel on. <laughs> I know. Hello, personalities. Yeah, we've yeah. had we have ghost um, cats here in in the house. It's very it's an old house and it's got a lot of history. And people will have things you know rub up against their their calves and they're just like jumping around in front of them. Yeah, you know we've had cats yeah. pass away and they'll jump up on the bed. You know, um, and you can feel them jumping on the bed. Like, I guess it's fairly limited, basically, is what you're saying, on their own. But with the help mm -hmm. of spirit individuals, humans, that they can they can really expand <laughs> on the communication. Yeah, they, they do. So typically what they do, they'll, they'll do things like they did in life. So, uh, so cats often jump up on the bed. A lot of folks have re reported uh, feeling that after their cat passed away. I do a lot of pet readings and I do them on the weekends. And oh, um, sometimes a cat will tell me that they will uh, sleep or they have slept against the person's head, the pet parent's head. Or oh. they'll, at night, they will um, take their paw and they'll muss, muss their hair, their pet parent's hair. And um, it, it's amazing to me when I get these confirmations back. Um, that this is exactly what their particular cat did. Um, I, I, love did that. 
I did a reading for a, uh, a dog this past weekend. And every reading I do is different. There's always really one thing that triggers the, um, the acknowledgement of their pet. Um, so as I was going through this reading with this dog, and when I get a, when I do a reading, I hear them in my head or I see pictures that they want that they share. And the, the dog stopped in the middle and they're like a three to five year old child. <laughs> they'll stop in the middle of saying something and then they'll say, this dog said a blue toy. And I thought, okay. <laughs> so I, you know, I do readings by email. I typed it up. So I said, okay, your dog stopped and said something about a blue toy is very special to them. And then the dog stopped and said, my elephant. And I said, okay, your dog stopped me again and says, my elephant. And I said, I'm not sure if this, there's, you know, a connection between the two or what's going on here, or I'm just throwing this out there. So the the mom wrote me back and said that um, one of the dog's favorite toys is a blue elephant. Oh, no, there's no way I would know that. No, no. no. So, um, and I love it because it's just so, so benign, like so, such a basic thing that, and, and it means volumes. too. <laughs> yeah, she must have felt so good hearing that. Like it really validated you. If you know, because I think sometimes when people seek out messages from the other side from mediums or psychics regarding their animals they they're ridiculed by other people they're more than when we seek them out for you know our past loved ones and our our family members um have you ever had a pet with a grievance from the other side the grievance that's good i have conditions <laughs> i wanted more food like you know what yeah, i mean like question. did they ever um, say a grievance, yeah. Were they ever pissed off or something? <laughs> um, well, they can get irritated, uh, yeah. but um, because pets are really the embodiment of unconditional love, that's true. They know that humans have some issues. <laughs> um, <Just a> few. <laughs> yeah. And they really only connect. So they, they connect with the, the uh, like for, for animals that come from abuse, abusive situations. Um, so my partner and I work with uh, animal rescues and we've been doing that for 15 years. And our currently our three dogs are all rescues oh, and they all true. had, they were all, all came from abusive situations. Oh, um, so when you have that, um, your your pet whatever pet you have will connect to your family taking them in and and caring for them and not the family that abused them on the oh website. that's really nice Good. To know. i'm glad to hear that because there's too many of them that sit and rescue now, yeah. do, do you in your opinion do you feel that they forget that abuse over time or it really oh. stays with them eh? Yeah, they I have like, lots of rescues. I I also like you work with rescues. Do you, all, Michelle? You say all it, rescues. Are, all your kids are rescues. They are my fur kids. Yep. Fur kids, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have to do same. Meanwhile, my real kids going. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. So, do you find that some of them are you able to tell what abusive situations they came from, or what in what ways they were abused? Um, yes. Um, a lot of times because I will go through rescues, um, you get a little bit of insight as to where they come from. 
um, the three that I have now, two of them were in breeder situations. One was a cage breeder and she came in at about 18 months old, already been a mama. And <sighs> she, oh my. now it, no, it's really traumatic. Like there's a lot more to it. Like she's now, I'm guessing she was given up or put on the streets. She was just a chihuahua. She was only about five pounds, this specific dog, uh, because she was prone to seizures. She's had seizures. She now has, you know, some brain damage. She's, she can't walk much anymore. She's, we do everything. She's on holistic stuff, you know, like naturopathic stuff. I mean, we've extended her life years, but, you know, I always say to myself, I wonder if she just wants us to stop. She's happy when it's time to go in the car, happy when it's time to eat. She's aware of a lot, but, you know, and and the other little one, she's only two, and they were trying to breed her at 14 months. And uh-huh. I know, and and I guess it was traumatic for her, so they listed her. I actually just, I bought her, and was because as soon as I, I saw her, she had, they trimmed back all her fur. I just knew instinctively, and I just went for it. I've bought a lot of dogs like that in really horrific situations that have been abused, because they want money for their dogs, I'll do it. Or I'll miss it, or I'll deal through a rescue because I'm affiliated with rescues. I have people on who are in chat who are affiliated with rescues. My daughter does a rescue blog and is affiliated with several. She works for a vet clinic. So it comes awesome. to you when it's meant to, right? Mm-hmm. And um, you know, and and the my other dog again, she was never cared for. The other, the third one, also a mama at really young age. Now she's a happy 10-year-old old lady. It's just really ornery. <laughs> but but she's happy. So it's hard. So I had an idea. There were breeder situations for those three anyway. Wow. That, well, thank you for rescuing them. Oh, uh, the, the, the memories really do stay with them. So um, oh, I was hoping not. Yeah. And it, yeah, and it tragically, you know, it's it it's just like um it's just like a person being being abused that the memory stays with you i mean it fades over time it's less over time mm. um but it's still you don't forget it so um one of our dogs uh came to us and he is a 10 pound dachshund chihuahua mix wow <laughs> the um the family that turned him in um was not bright enough <laughs> not really mm. bright um because they they wrote on the turn form that, that the little girl in the family kept pulling the dog's tail. Now, this is a little 10-pound dog. Until the dog was crying. And then the dog turned oh. around and nipped her. Right. Well. And so the mother, put, the, the mother wrote this on the turn form that she kicked this 10-pound dog across the room because the daughter was abusing the dog. Did she break the ribs on the dog? I don't know because the dog was in uh rescue for several months before we found them Ooh, um, this is traumatic for me yeah it is it's <clears throat> horrendous um so when we when we adopted this dog he was a, he, he, every time he saw a woman he would shake mm, and it took oh. a year yeah. for him to stop shaking terrible yeah um another one was abused by a man with a beard and black pants, because every time somebody with a beard would come over, or black pants that would be it. Would be it. <laughs> the trigger, yeah. yeah, the triggers. So, people yeah. don't think that you know. To yeah. me, it's common sense. You know, I once had a chihuahua I rescued. They, she was nine months old. She was kept in a hamster cage, a hamster wow. cage, little tiny hamster cage. 
her she was so emaciated because her teeth were so bad that her body was eating its own muscle mass. Oh my gosh. And and I went in and I, I obviously I bought her. I found an ad. I looked at her and I could tell by looking at her, I'm going, she's not right, this little one. I went and looked at her. I took her to my vet. The vets just like they basically filed vet, uh, charges against the other vet because they did not. Um, they cleaned her gum line. Her teeth were terrible, and they did not put her an, under anesthetic because I got the <gasps> bill. I saw the bill from those people. That would be pretty much torturing that dog. Oh my! No God. kidding. I would so never do that did, without so freezing. My vet had charges filed through the veterinary association. Um, and had that charged I because think that woman wasn't very bright. First off, she gave me the paperwork and I looked at the paperwork and I'm like, where's the anesthesia where there's, where's her freezing? Where's there anything? There wasn't anything. Cause she paid minimal to do it. That's inhumane that a vet would do that. Yeah. Especially here. I'm just gobsmacked when I look at some of the things that people do to their animals. I think they should have, like Ontario, we have the health insurance here and all over Canada, every province has their own insurance. They should mm -hmm. have that for pets. I, I really feel that. People will uh, be more diligent with health care for animals because it's so expensive. I agree with you 100%. I believe that animals would have a better life if we if we did take care of them, you know, as much as we could, that there would be more homes and less in shelters but and you know, at the pound, because, you know, that's because a lot of people you don't believe that the animals are sentient beings. So well, to well, yes, you, my my dog is my you? grandson. It's my yes. daughter's dog. It's how my many people my have grandson. you come across who don't even believe that animals are sentient beings? I understand that, but I also believe that people don't realize how much it costs to have a dog the first sure. year of its life either. No, yeah, I sure. believe they they're they are so they underestimate it mm -hmm. the, the the expense of if we mm -hmm. could just even cover the first year maybe you know like mm -hmm. it would be it's hard. Here's a question popping up, so we'll switch gears a little bit before we all yes. start wailing. Lori Washington. <laughs> Hi, Lori. Uh, Lori asks, what are some other signs we can look for look out for to connect with our pets? Great question. So there are quite a few uh, signs, and a lot of them are very unique, actually. Um, one thing that I mentioned in uh, in my books is the science of energy. So what happens after we all die is that our memories, personality, and knowledge of this life combines with the physical energies that we have in our life, in our, in our body, rather. Um, that is the essence of a soul. Memories, personality, and knowledge combined with physical energies. That energy has to go somewhere. Mm. Therein, we make a choice. We, we choose to either stay earthbound at a fixed location of our choosing, like a home or a place where we passed, or we cross over and join the energies of the cosmos or heaven or paradise or whatever you want to call the other side. Um, so that said, because they're energies, they require, like people, they require energy to get strong enough to communicate. Mm. And so what, what I found, uh, Amelia and Michelle, is that they require, they use either physical energies or emotional energies. Physical energies are heat, light, water, and electricity. Those are things that they use to get strong enough to send us a message. Earthbound ghosts, which are 99% uh, uh, not our pets, <laughs> 
just 1% of our pets. Um, right. Earthbound ghosts use uh, emotional energy like fear, anxiety, depression, and anger. You will mm. very rarely see a pet stay earthbound. Spirits use love, faith, and hope. So sometimes you will see a shadow of a pet in your home, or you'll see a visible, you'll see them visibly in your home. It depends on how much energy they have. So um, the reason they appear as shadows is because they don't have enough either physical energies or emotional energies to show up in full color. So they appear as a shadow. Hmm. That's interesting. There's a lot of controversy with shadow beings. Um, mm -hmm. So it's, it's interesting. It's like, how do you know? <laughs> it's one of the good shadows <laughs> or one of the more malevolent because it's, there's so much around that. Any suggestions? Well, I just, uh, so two things. I just look at um, entities as uh, either having a lot of energy or mm. not enough energy. So right. to me, a spirit who is crossed over or an earthbound ghost is kind of like a light bulb that doesn't have a, a big charge okay. and on a dimmer switch. So if you have it on the lowest setting, you can see the outline. Right. If you turn that energy up, you can see it. You can see all the filaments. Full and on, to me, okay. that's, that's what a, a, a ghost or spirit is with energy and without energy. Okay, yeah. that's that's really interesting. We have another question coming up. Yeah. Hi, Tamara. Tamara asks, do you find that the pet that has passed away over usually come to give a message or do they just miss their owners? Mm. They do both. Um, but usually they come around birthdays, anniversaries, or holidays, just like people do. Yeah. Um, and that could be anniversaries of adoption or anniversaries of passing um, or their birthdays or your birthday. Um, right. And the reason they do that is because, like people, they sense our emotional energy changes during those times. Mm. So we, when we celebrate our birthday, our emotional energy is elevated. Mm -hmm. And pets recognize that. I mean, if pets also recognize it when when you come home and you're happy to see them. So and they in turn react being happy to see you. So so they're reading your energy, your emotional energy, as well as your um, your physical reaction. Which so they're okay. like amazing at doing in life. They're little mini psychics. They are. <laughs> <laughs> they are. So they know when you're having a bad day, you know, when you don't yeah. feel well, they'll stay by your side. They'll, you know, I, I imagine you are in your afterlife what you were in life, you know, as far as your, your attributes. Another question. Uh, also, Tamara, this is a really good question and it, it segues right in. Do you find some pets are more mm -hmm. psychic than others? Um, well, certainly, uh, certainly the more the ones that interact with us more, mm -hmm. um, dogs and cats really are much more, um, they're much more able to read our emotions um, than gerbils per se, right. um, because gerbils yeah. don't have as much interaction with us. That's we don't, true. you know, we, we don't give gerbils a, um, and I only use gerbils as, a, as an example, but we don't give gerbils a, a, a specific bed, um, if you will, right mm -hmm. next to our bed like we do with cats and with dogs. Mm -hmm. um, but horses are, are um, an exception because horses are very intuitive. Um, 
I've actually done some readings for horses. Really? Um, yeah. Really? They're these beautiful are, animals. Just beautiful. I've communicated with uh, dogs and cats, of course, birds, some birds, birds. horses, I've had birds. parrots. Yeah, lots of parrots. Gerbils, and even a rat. <laughs> right. It was a rat. Hey, rats are totally bloody underrated. <laughs> you know. I think so. I think yeah. so too. I do. I think they're really lovely. Well, not really by lovely. not by lab scientists. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sadly. Sadly, yes. no. But horses no. are. They're very. Um, um, I've, I mean, I've had friends who've had horses, and uh, after seeing the horse whisper that show, you realize, you know, when that horse was you know, was injured trying to protect, you know, his owner in an accident. Um, and, you know, if, if no one's seen the movie, I recommend it because she just she was so fearful of the horse after that. And it took somebody much like yourself to come who was working with the horse to say, you know, make her realize like, he saved your life. Like he really loves you that much. And, and they were able to make the connection again. So how many people go through life in a, a sort of a situation where they have no idea because we can't, not everybody can speak to their pets. Like even the really oh, seasoned yeah. media can always speak with their pets. Like they just don't connect that, that to a pet the same way they do to an individual. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, I will tell you though, I'll give you an example of a gentleman that came to me and uh, about his horse that had passed that Please. he was very connected to. Yeah. Um, he had a farm, uh, a farm in, I think, Pennsylvania. And he told me that his favorite horse had passed and um, he really missed this horse. Mm. And one day when he was in the barn and he was thinking of his horse, he heard the horse's distinct whinny coming from outside the barn. So he thought he must have been imagining that it was that horse's uh, whinny. So right. he said that he dropped what he was doing and he went outside the barn to see what horse was out there. And there was no horse out there. And he realized that it was his horse oh. that was trying to connect to him and let him know that that he was still very much around. So I, I think I love that story because it's like what we were basically started the show with. They leave signs, but we're just not making the connections. Uh, right. Like it's, it's like anything. I always tell people if you have a pet, follow their lead. Or if, you know, you have even a regular like a human spirit in the home, just pay attention life keeps you really busy and people look for signs all the time. And I mean, my little chihuahua died two years ago. She truly was my baby. And it was a long, long haul. And I still hear her barking. And as I always say, you know, I'd look at her and I'd say, you know, you little adult, get out of my dog because she just really thought she was one. And mm -hmm. she would just, you know, she, you know, if you're sleeping, in the morning, she has to go. She stands on your chest and just stares at you. I'm just like, what the <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was just stuff like that. There's a lot of the truth in life personality. But while we're on that topic, Amelia, would you mind? Yes. Hi, Wayne. When my cat passed away, I had to pack away all of his stuff because I had a hard time seeing it. I put a plant on top of his huge cat tree. The next morning, I found the plant on the floor and under the couch. Was that a on my cat tree? <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> I know. How I need my you. tree. <laughs> I know. Well, the first thing I would ask is, if was there another cat in the house? <laughs> um, no, I was the last uh, one. Yeah. So if yeah, so if not, it um, it was. Um, 
if if there's nothing you can physically explain it as it was it was an acknowledgement of the tree and it was most likely an accident that it was knocked over no oh, that's interesting I'm pretty sure I remember this story. That cat had it out for that plant, and that was the one time well, when that plant really went. I'm that sorry. he didn't add to the sea. That no, makes sense. Did, yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. Like not on he, my tree. <laughs> no, no, yeah, because he was he was elderly when he passed too. So he had a he had a good life. But Aww. another question. Yes, Lori Washington. Hello. Can our living pets still see them and interact with them? I'm not quite understanding the question. Yeah, can her, oh, can your living, living pets, pets got it. yeah, still I'm see okay. see Are the you... ones that have passed. I'm okay, sorry. <laughs> yes, it's uh, Christmas and... time. We're all drained. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's another thing that I address in my books too. Is that um, so? I've been uh, I've I've also studied not only the behavior and learning of pets, um, but I've also had to study their physiology. So what I've learned is that that dogs and cats have different cones and rods in their eyes and that enables that to them to see faster movement than humans can yeah. as a paranormal investigator i've learned that um we can use high-speed cameras to catch the movement of a quick moving spirit or mm -hmm. a, an earthbound ghost um, right. dogs and cats don't need that they can actually see them he head on mm -hmm. um, they also have a different physiology in their ears in their hearing so if you think of a dog whistle that we can't hear, but dogs can hear, mm, um, true. spirits can speak at different frequencies that we can't hear. Yes. So when I'm on a paranormal investigation with somebody doing with a recorder, they will ask a question and we can't hear the answer, but we'll play back the recording and piece. then we'll hear the answer because right. it's spoken at a different frequency. So dogs and cats can hear and can see your dogs and cats that passed over. Mm -hmm. So, and um, a couple of other follow-ups to that, check birthdays, anniversaries, and holidays again. And That's if your dog point. or cat is staring at what appears to be nothing and it's not a bug, it's something else. it may be them. Right. <laughs> um, I've also learned too, over time, that spirits don't need to stand on the floor they can actually stand a little bit higher. <laughs> right, that's true. Uh, so, and Is that a I, dimensional I, thing, you think? Could that be a dimensional thing? I don't think they really even need to acknowledge the floor. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Um, and, and I had always thought that they would have to be on the floor level because I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking logically physical. in the physical world, yeah. like a scientist. And then I thought, no, because I've talked to so many people that have said, no, my, my dog or cat is looking up a little bit and um, mm. there's yes. nothing there. It's not a bug. It's not mm -hmm. pollen or anything else. Right, right. Now, that is so interesting. It's so true that um, they just don't have those limitations. When my sister's cat passed away, um, her cat used to sleep in one of her bottom dresser drawers. And after she passed away, obviously my sister took her things out of the drawer. The cat mm -hmm. just favored it. So she just turned it into a little whatever bed. And Aww. for many times after um, her passing, my sister would wake up and the drawer was pulled open and all the clothes were messed up like so, and with an indentation where she had been laying. And she was just like, what the heck? I said, you say you're not psychic. Look at you. <laughs> She's always <laughs> one of the three of us that says, I have a psychic bone in my body. Yeah. Okay. You know, I thought that was 
pretty talented, but this is a cat that could turn on lights and open yeah. doors. Oh so I'm Cats not so are so smart. Out of the way to get in there. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, some animals obviously leave more of a in your face sign than others. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, she goes, I darn near just like tripped over that drawer in the morning. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, it's definitely interesting. Um, it's funny. Well, have they you will find, yeah, they will find a way to do certain things. I know that our living dogs have figured out that I, we have a, an extended cab pickup truck and they ride right. in. They ride in the back on a giant comforter and you know yes restrained so but they figured out how to open the back window nice <laughs> to come into the truck no, no to nice. well they're well they're in the back of the truck in oh. the back. they want to look out and they'll they figured out how to move the button yeah. so that they, so can, they lower can look the out <laughs> i put the child put locks on and that would yeah. be a sign that a dog or you know a dog would be able to do that has passed Right. Suddenly. I can tell you that a cat can undo a child lock on a toilet. That's all I'm going to say. I, <laughs> I, I honestly believe that um, I'm sent these animals to be tortured for the rest of my life because I can't outwit any of them. And my cat, the cat that we had, I have, I've had dogs all my life. I've only had two other cats. Um, we have like an L shaped handle door handle. Mm -hmm. So Long story short, my house was haunted when I moved here. So long story short, I would come in and I would always close the door so the cat wouldn't be all over the place because he was just a kitten. And I would come home and all the doors were open and I'd be like, what oh. the hell? What's in my house? Like it never going. did I think the <laughs> yeah. cat until right. one day I had my elderly cousin from the state staying with me and she was in the spare room. And I watched, his, we called him Popeye. He was black and white, like a Holstein <laughs> cow. I watched Popeye do that little wiggle before they're going to pounce on something and jump up and grab the door handle and go swinging right through like Tarzan. And I'm like, son of a, that cat can open. Like, don't even bother closing the damn doors. Seriously. <laughs> they are so smart. There isn't yeah, anything they can't do. You know, no, I've seen him. I've amazing. seen him slide the sliding door open by hanging on it and swinging. Like he had a thing for that. You need child locks for the animals, I think. I put it in the bathroom, and he still <laughs> broke it. I don't know if he chewed it. He broke it because he liked to. They always go for the the water in the in the it's potty. True. So it's true. Well, which brings Great. me to this question: Have any of your living pets picked up on the habits of past pets? Oh. Yeah, especially the naughty ones, because that's what I'm experiencing. That, she's asking for a friend. They're asking for a friend, little bugger in the other room. <laughs> so that is absolutely another way that your pets who have passed communicate. Oh, that there, still we have. there we go. Um, so people often ask me if our pets will reincarnate in this life. And in my experience, they do not. They wait for us on the other side. Oh, OK. Um, that's interesting. So but what happens is when we adopt a new pet, they come down and they train the new pet. Oh, that's a, nice. That's nice. Two, that's what that's we call special. it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> nice training or the naughty training too. That's, it doesn't that's matter. special. <laughs> Great. It could be a good habit or a bad habit. Nice. Um, yeah. And, and our, our pets do maintain their personalities on the other side. So you right. know, if they were frisky in this life, they're going to be frisky. Or as Melissa well, says, like our loved saucy. ones, right? Yeah. My mother saucy would always thing. pinch me and she pinches me now. Oh. 
Well, it's funny because when I, when my last dog died, I says, okay, f send me one that needs me like the rescue dog, send me one mm -hmm. that needs me. And, um, I end up with this little, little long haired, saucy little thing. And she's so naughty. She's so <laughs> naughty. Oh she my really God. Is. She's like, yeah, she's like two and a half pounds of sheer naughtiness. And she, yeah, she it's really like, is. she does things that my other dog would do almost verbatim. And I just mm -hmm. look, I just look around. I'm going, he did this to me. <laughs> I asked for it though. But I mean, the, 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 the habits are identical. And it's just funny because, you know, Wayne will just say, oh, well, that's exactly what the other dog did. And I'm just like, no, no, no. I think it's your imagination. And then I just watch him like, because the other one's so saucy as well. And I'm just like, oh my God, I'm living it again. But this one's naughtier. So it yeah, it's not surprising that they will they will teach them a bad habit. Um I I, <laughs> I will tell you that when we adopted our most recent um dog, he's nine years old. Wow. Another victim of abuse, sadly. Yeah. Um, but he has five distinct habits that our dog Franklin had who passed away in 2020 and they never met mm -hmm. um, yeah. five distinct habits that none of the other dogs we've ever had have. So we know that Franklin has been guiding him and teaching him. Isn't that lovely? Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, they're all bad habits. Though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just like, remember, I'm still here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I love it though. I do deep down. Like I make fun of it and I, you know, I talk about just how naughty she is, but she makes me smile every single day, except when she tries to hump her disabled sister. That's not <laughs> cool because a poor dog can't see. Right? No, she's nasty. She can't move a whole like very quickly. She's nasty. Like, she's so Grace. funny. And her name is she Grace. She gave me them. that name. There's nothing graceful about this dog, you know. <laughs> so stopping your sister, it's just vile, <laughs> you know. So yeah. yeah, it's 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 a lovely thing. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so I'm not I'm, singing I'm it. Wait. No, no, I know. No, um, we'll put this quick but, comment up. Go ahead. Uh, yes. Hi, Maria. Maria Sparjafora says my mom used to tell me if I ever do something she doesn't like, she'll pull my hair from the other side. Has she, she pulled does. it that yet, Mark? Okay, that's for you. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> oh my god. Um, that is so funny. I yeah. always think my dog is a Morky and he's 14 years old and I call him a grumpy old man and he, I swear he has dementia and he's starting, you know, with the, the blindness, but mm -hmm. we didn't rescue him. We, we got him for my daughter as a, as a pup, but I would hope that he would communicate with me because I can't even imagine my life without him. You know, he's just the biggest personality of any dog I have ever had. And I've had dogs my entire life. So, but he does oh. test me. <laughs> he, yeah, he will. Um, he, he will definitely communicate. So for all the, the folks out there, there are a couple of things I want to throw out there. So number one, if you've recently lost a pet, um, know that they will likely, they really try hard in the first 30 days of their passing to try and give you a sign. But oh. grief is an emotional energy that blocks signs from spirit. Yeah. So, you might not be able to see what they're trying to convey. Um, ask your your pet to come into your dreams. Dreams are the easiest way for any kind of spirit to communicate with us, to let us know they're okay. So that would be the easiest way. Um, 
the other thing too is that I, I uh, people will always write to me and tell me that they've struggled with making the decision to helping their pet pass. And our pets want us to know that they appreciate us having the strength and the courage and finding the lesson that they taught us, unconditional mm -hmm. love, that enables them to help that uh, enables us to help them pass. So they're very appreciative mm -hmm. that we have that courage. Um, mm -hmm. Also, if you uh, if you don't think you can stay with your pet when it's their time, which I urge you to do, um, but if you for some reason if you don't think you can stay with your pet, put something that has your scent on it so that they think that you're still there. I could imagine not wanting to be with my pet in their last hour or last few moments. I know it's hard mm -hmm. and, and that's a memory that stays with you, but that's, that's like leaving one of your loved ones at the hospital alone. It's tough because they say in their last moments, they look for you. And so it's hard. I don't know mm -hmm. if Versace would be able to find me, but he'd be able to smell me because I know mm -hmm. his vision's going because he comes up and he smells me, right. you know, but he's still right. playful and everything. And I, I hope to have him around for a bit yet, but um, mm. yeah. yeah. That's the thing, Amelia, you're, you hit on that. It, it's really, it's, it's scent, you know, yeah. um, even though our dogs might not be able to see us toward the end of their life um, or hear us for that matter, they can still smell us because mm. scent is one of the last things to go. Um, yeah. So uh, also too, some folks have, have written and, and said to me that, um, that they were, they felt guilty when their pet passed and they weren't at home our pets make a choice just like people mm -hmm. do. Mm -hmm. They either prefer to be surrounded by loved ones or they prefer to pass by themselves. Mm -hmm. And so they don't want you to feel guilty if you're not there at home when they pass or wherever they are, they, they likely chose to do so. My mother in 2013 waited for all of us to be out of her hospital room after days of being there. She was That's in a coma. Common. Yeah. yeah. Um, of course, my my dad and my mother's favorite dog showed up in spirit. Right. And when I told my mom that my dad was there and he was he was holding her favorite dog Gigi, um, then you know she was ready to go. Um, she wanted to make sure. I don't think she cared if my dad was there, but she cared that the dog was there. You know. <laughs> that's so funny. No, <laughs> well, because I babies. think that's a question that, you know, plagues us all the time. Will we see them? Will we see, is it a, this rainbow bridge real? And that's probably why when you confirmed it, she was, she knew your dad would be there. Of course, that's the way we were brought up to believe, but mm -hmm. we never really know about our pets. Right. So I could see that. Yeah. Yeah, and well, and my mother used to say that her favorite child was uh, her dog, and I say that in front of my my two brothers and I. So yeah, yeah, I say that, say and I have one yeah. child. Yeah, <laughs> and I tell her all the time, a, he's my favorite. I have adult children; they've always like dog's been first. No, not yes. really, but you know, <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, well, no. <laughs> um, tell me, I mean, being a scientist and being a medium, it's like one end of the spectrum to the next. How do you find that balance? Because for me, even with mediumship, and I do have a very scientific mind, mm -hmm. um, and I, you tend to second guess or question everything. 
How do you find that balance? Well, for me, I try to explain things in terms of energy, number one. And number right. two, I'm always looking for confirmations. So if yeah. I can't get those confirmations, it makes it harder for me to, to conclude that that's exactly what happened. Right. Um, so those are the ways that I, I, I do it. And I also explain, I, I've come to explain some of the things um, that happen in terms of energy that I haven't heard explained before. So mm -hmm. for instance, we, we've talked about in the paranormal community, the appearance of cold spots whenever mm. there's a yes. ghost or a spirit present. Yes. So what I really had to think about this. So uh, I've concluded that a, a spirit of a loved one who's visiting or an earthbound ghost will use the energy of motion of air molecules. They will absorb that energy of motion. And by doing that, they slow those molecules down. And fast moving molecules of air are warm air and slower moving molecules of air or cooler air. So you get a cold spot, if you will, mm -hmm. wherever a spirit or ghost is trying to form. Mm -hmm. No, that makes sense. It's like people. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Okay, well, that's that's interesting. Um, I, I, so I, I guess essentially, if you, whatever, you know, I've researched for a couple of decades. So I guess you're pretty much looking at like what works for a human spirit, energy wise, uh, would be the same for the most part for a pet. Yes. Yeah, okay. exactly. Right, right. Okay. Do you ever get into in any interesting EVPs with pets? Um, because I don't have the scientific equipment with me, um, right. I, I don't. Um, but I even when you're doing it. investigations, because sometimes... I just my head. <laughs> yeah, why, why, why do an EVP when you just got it right there, ready to go? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Right. Um, so, right. So I don't think we've had any uh, any of our investigators have picked up any pets on EVPs. Right. Have, have either of you? Yeah. Yeah. I've I've caught um, cats and dogs, things like that. Um, but I mean, usually when you're at a location and you're doing some, you know, some researching, we have spirit animals that had we've had them here. We've had people basically say that they could hear them, you know, with their just with their natural hearing um but i've caught definitely have caught in some only cats and dogs nothing nothing more it's so. in my head brock like you same yeah <laughs> yeah it's in my true. head i don't use anything i'm 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 a medium it just yeah right um uh, Jeannie mashburn hi Janie. Um, Janie says my cat Patches passed the next morning, her mind and mine connected. I knew it was her. We were communicating our deep love and appreciation for each other. It lasted an hour. Can it wow. happen again? Wow. Janie, you're very fortunate that you picked up on that. That's fantastic. Yeah, it absolutely can, can happen again. Um, and it, it typically with pets, they typically happen on those those three occasions that I mentioned, the, the birthdays, anniversaries, and holidays. Mm. Um, that's one thing that's kind of different with humans, human spirits, is that when human spirits want to help us out or uh, steer us away from something or lead us to something, um, they will come at different times during the year. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you may find a, you may find a coin during the year. And if you look at the year, that's typically indicative of who it may be. 
Mm -hmm. um, so keep that in mind. Um, mm -hmm. And that's not to say that pets can't use coins with the help of human spirits. They can. Mm -hmm. um, there are also other things that may be indicative of, of pet uh, communications as well as human communications. Mm -hmm. um, I find repeating numbers um are hmm. often something um they oh, call them they're called angel numbers um right. i'm not an expert with numbers oh but, like 11 11 333 that kind of yeah that kind of thing oh okay. exactly yeah. and spiritual numbers yeah so michelle one thing i've noticed is that since my dog dolly passed she was she was the weimaraner that we adopted after after buzz passed uh, mm. dolly was my heart dog mm. um she passed in october 2020 and she was almost 16 years old we had a very intuitive thing going and since she passed I, I i kid you not almost every single day i have seen a repeating number i only look at the clock mm. when it's 111 or 444 right. or something like that right have um, you ever looked up the meanings of those because they're all different they all have meanings yeah. yeah yeah they're all different yeah mm -hmm. right right yep. and you find that it, you 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 find connections by looking at the meanings of those numbers pertaining to her. I have. Oh, yes. see, it? that's wonderful. I think yeah. that's wonderful. Maybe that's just another way that people can search. Maybe when you see, they say, if you see numbers like that, if you stop and think about for a moment that it's something or someone from the other side trying to get your attention. Mm -hmm. I think that's wonderful. I love that. I really do. Mm. Tamara is asking, do you find you work more on an emotional energy when reading for animals? Oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> um, so this is another reason why I do, <clears throat> I only do uh, pet readings uh, when, uh, by email. I, I look at a pet's picture yeah. and ask for their name and any questions that the pet parent may have. Mm -hmm. if, if a pet parent knows something, they don't have to ask me. Like, you don't have to ask me what their your their pet's favorite toy is because, right. first of all, if your pet lived more than a year, your pet is going to have more than one favorite toy. <laughs> True. And, and they may focus on one versus the other one. Right. Um, but emotionally speaking, yes, because they are very emotional, um, I, I have to tell you both that when sometimes I, I, I will open the email and look at the pet picture and I will be in tears um, mm. with the flood of love that I get from these pets. And I'll, what, you know, it takes me 30 to 45 minutes to, to do a, a, a reading. Um, and, and even before I even get to the questions. Wow. <laughs> and, <laughs> And usually I answer the questions in the kind of data dump that they give me in the beginning. And then I have to go to the questions and say, oh, yeah, yeah I answered this up here. I answered that up there. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, and I always keep the box, box of tissues <laughs> next to my oh, computer. Because it's an emotional mess. But, I can see that, yeah. yeah. But, but that's, they're precious. It is, but that's that takes a lot to be able to do something like that, to be that connected that you can have so much emotion. That's why you know? I don't do it over the phone because I don't want to, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be almost like, a, in a way, like, are you upsetting the person? I would cry if you cried. <laughs> you know, we'd be, yeah. we'd be crying together. Yeah. That would, <laughs> that would really, that would really be hard. That would really be hard. Um, oh, okay. Hold on. Okay. Let's try to get as we go along. Hi, Otherwise Melissa. I'll lose them. Uh, Melissa asks, what are your thoughts about the possibility 
heart dogs, pets, traveling through different lives with you. Life souls, when you meet someone who you just know you've met before. Melissa works with several dog rescues and she has rescued and fostered many. So she's very active. Yes. Yeah. There we go. Thank you, Melissa. Um, so uh, I 100 uh, percent I think we're all interconnected and mm -hmm. we will all come back with each other in one way or the other. And I think we'll be connected in one way or the other. I, I don't know how. Um, nobody knows how really, mm -hmm. but I look at, I look at love like a giant spiritual spider web mm -hmm. and yeah. that we are all connected. Um, and, and as such, we will all come back interconnected again. Right. There you go. Because she's, you know, again, fostering these animals, <clears throat> as you know, rescuing them. And sometimes you don't have them for very long. Mm -mm. Yeah. You know, especially when you're rescuing older dogs, you know that you're just making them comfortable for a little while. And Melissa's been in that position many that's, times. That's and tough. You have to be a yeah, strong, special kind of person to do that, Melissa. Thank yeah, you for being there. To do that. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, so basically, um, we talk about um, pets who reincarnate. We, I mean, this I thought would be a good segue in. Um, do you, and I know this is something a lot of people ask. I asked it as well when this little being came into my life and I said, well, send me one. And it wasn't <laughs> for the fact that I've heard her barking separately aside from this one. I mm -hmm. would have thought for sure um, that they would reincarnate back into one of your pets. And I've heard people believe that they've this has happened mm -hmm. to them. Do you believe that can happen? Or do you think they're just going to wait out the cycle? Like, I know you touched on it a little bit, but can you elaborate a bit more on it? Yeah, I, well, it's just been my experience that they wait, um, okay. um, that they don't come back so fast. Um, mm -hmm. And you know, my hope is actually that they're all waiting for me there. Um, <laughs> because that's the only reason I want to go. Is <laughs> oh, to see the fur pets. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a really tough one. It's hard to leave them behind. Um, yeah. I don't know. For, for me, you know, I always, I always have designated loved ones. Okay. Mm -hmm. This is a dog that's coming. You <laughs> be good. Yeah, take, take care, of, the care of them. I know. And it was always my grandfather. And I'm sure he was just like, come on. <laughs> You've given me like pair, all my parrots, everything. Just go. People don't realize how affectionate parents are. They're like very cuddly. They're very um, charismatic. You look at a bird, you don't think that they're very um, charismatic. And I've had them come through readings that have nothing to do with me. But they, they reach out, you know, they're just larger than life. So um, your books, I'd like to touch on your books. Um, when people are grieving for their, their fur babies, your books have been instrumental to some people in helping them through the grieving process. Can you talk about that? Sure, thank you. Um, so the reason I wrote these books, uh, especially the Pets in the Afterlife series, is to uh, to help bring people understanding that their pets, um, their pets are still very much alive on the other side, and they're mm -hmm. all going to be waiting for us. Um, right. Also, to give everybody signs what, about what to look for. Mm -hmm. um, in my two most recent Pets in the Afterlife books, I have four in the series now. Um, wow. 
Pets in the Afterlife 3 <clears throat> is about messages from spirit dogs and 4 is about spirit cats. Mm. 1 and 2 is about all domesticated pets. But 3 and 4 have special chapters by one is a medical psychologist that deals with how to cope with grief and loss and things you can do. Wow. Um, and and 4 is uh spirit cats which has a a chapter about uh about coping with grief and loss from a friend of mine who um, is a, a, a counselor um, mm. and a social worker, a grief counselor, social worker. Um, I also explain in in a chapter of my own all the different ways that we have used to help get over our own grief. Mm. Um, I do find that reaching out to friends instead of isolating yourself, mm. reach out to friends and let them know what happened and how um, you just need to hear some kind of, um, just some kind of support, emotional support. Mm -hmm. um, you can do things to, to remember your pet. You can put together a little memory book or, or a rock garden or buy some flowers or something like that, mm -hmm. um, just to keep their memory alive. Donate to a rescue or mm -hmm. ask your friends to donate to a rescue in their memory. So those mm -hmm. are just some of the things that I point out. So what about, and I mean, I always, I know, I always just hate thinking that this is with any living being, especially animals, because of their innocence and the amount of love that they have. Why do you think um, a pet or an animal would be earthbound? Um, you know, and how would you deal with something like that? Like me as a fur parent would be, it would be really heartbroken. It's like being, having a child being left behind, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, and I have given some thought to that. And I've, I've run into two earthbound cats and one earthbound dog mm -hmm. over the 12 years I've been doing this. Wow. So that's pretty good odds. That is good odds. Yes. <laughs> um, and what, what I've learned from communicating with them is that they both loved their life in their particular dwelling mm -hmm. um, so much that they stayed um, until their pet parent passed. But mm. when their pet parent passed, they didn't go with them. They continued to stay. Um, and to me, that's unusual. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. But it, it, it does happen. Um, there's mm. a, I, I ran into a dog when I visited a museum in England mm. called Sir, Sir John Stone's Museum. He's a, he's a British architect. Right. And his home was turned into a museum because he collected architectural things around the world. Mm. And I remember walking into that museum and I saw a little black and tan dog running around. And, and I looked at my partner and I said, what do you think a dog's doing in here? And he said, there's no <laughs> dog here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So as it turned out, um, I, I, I asked uh, one of the, docents that was running the yeah. museum and she said oh yes that's um that's fanny that's mrs Sohn's dog her favorite dog and you can see a painting of fanny uh with mrs Sohn in this particular room of the museum and oh, sure wow. enough there <laughs> um and there, there was a little dog that i saw running around the museum and and she said do you sense any humans here and i said no only a dog and she said well, that's exactly what the experiences of the people who work here have been. Only a dog has that's been a crazy. ghost dog. That's crazy. 
That's yeah. sweet, though. So the dog just waited behind and missed the boat with <laughs> with with moving with uh, with her owner. But she does. The, so her little dog Fanny greets everybody that comes to the door Aww. with excitement and enthusiasm. Come that's see my picture. Awesome. Come see my picture. Yeah, that's that's, that's just awesome. That um, is sweet. What about wild animals? You know, do you connect a lot or at all with wild animals per se? So I can't connect with wild animals because they oh. can't, they don't relate to us. They Oh, that's so, interesting. Yeah. So um, I had to think about it because they don't know our habits. They don't know mm -hmm. our language. Right. They don't know the way we live. Mm -hmm. So there's nothing that we have in common. You know, of course, zoo animals certainly yes. interact with humans. Right. But, um, but in the wild, not so much. Yeah, but in the wild, no. Wow, wow. Um, have you ever received, um, like, has anyone ever asked who came to get my my baby, like my fur baby, my puppy, my cat? How did they cross? What was the experience like for them? Yeah, so many of the pets that pass um, when I'm doing readings, they will describe somebody on the other side. They will often give me names. Um, sometimes they'll give me, they'll show me what the people do for, or what they did rather for a profession or for work or what they were wearing. Um, they will describe them to a T. <laughs> um, I do remember one particular um, dog describing the grandfather of this woman, turned out to be the grandfather of this woman, um, and, uh, and and the dog said that this gentleman was he was he had whitish hair he wore glasses dark rim glasses and he only wore black and red checkered checkered shirts he showed me different images of this gentleman and he was all in the same shirt and i mm -hmm. just thought this is weird <laughs> <laughs> so i told the woman and she said oh yeah my grandfather only wore black and red checkered shirts that was all oh, he had that's good to know it's good to hear <laughs> thank yeah. you no because you worry right it's oh absolutely yeah mm -hmm. Hmm. um let's talk about the science of all of this um, you talk, you discuss science about what's the science that you discuss about pet spirits, I guess, to help us, I guess, understand mm -hmm. how to communicate, how they communicate with the living. Is there a science? Most well, people would think no. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a science to everything, really. So, <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, well, I agree. I mean, frequency and vibration alone can be sure. right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we, we talked about the physical and the emotional energy, um, right. the science of physical and emotional energy. But there's also the science of learning and communication. So that's another thing that I, I um, touch base uh, in my books about. Um, pets learn on various levels. Mm. Um, I often cite Dr. Stanley Corrin. Um, Stanley Corrin it, uh, studied dogs. He had dogs of his own. Um, he studied dogs for decades and mm. and he wrote a couple of very good books called the intelligence of dogs and how dogs think mm. and what he had concluded 
is that dogs, he used dogs as a baseline because he had dogs, but it also applies to some other domesticated animals like, like cats. Mm-hmm. Dogs have the, uh, the intelligence of a three to five-year-old child. Hmm. And when you think about it, really, we, um, we raise them like children. Hmm. So dogs have instinctual learning. They have uh, behavioral learning. They, they learn on schedules. They learn routines. They learn language. They know, mm-hmm. they know words. Um, they know emotions, of course, because they all have their own emotions. They only have, uh, all have their own personalities. They learn to play well with others. Or um, not. Or not, right? <laughs> like mine. <laughs> <laughs> they like who they like. Um, mm-hmm. So I always, and I, I say this all the time whenever I'm, I'm talking about this, but, but it is true that we bring up our pets like we bring up human children. We take yes. them to school. We take them to the vet when they're sick. We 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 teach them to go to the, the bathroom. We teach them to play well with others. And and I always love to say that the only difference is that they don't grow up and marry someone you don't like and move away. Right. <laughs> right. That's true. <laughs> they actually they actually listen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, so learned behavior as well. So their sauciness probably is a product of the environment that we've created for them. Yeah, yeah it would explain a oh lot my in my God. house. Yeah. I always say I'm fortunate that he lets me live here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about this scientifically, These all these videos now of these dogs pushing buttons to speak and form sentences? Yeah, you haven't seen that, Michelle. Some things are nasty what they're saying because the owners I'm are teaching still those trying some... to deal with the saucy dog. So yeah, no, they have these degree. buttons and you can buy them online and um, you can teach them how, like, when to respond with them. And it's your voice saying mm. whatever it is, you're programming it in there. Have you seen that at all, Rob? No, no okay. I spend way too much time on TikTok. I would be more oh. interested to get Rob's <laughs> opinion and tapping into the dog that has to push those buttons. I'm, I, oh. I would be curious to see if the dog is thinking, "What the hell?" Am Sometimes I doing? they or they this, have them already. Or? Oh, I know, but they have them already programmed. Like one will press outside now, <laughs> you know, or um, hungry or snack, snack, and they'll keep pressing right. it, keep pressing it. But it's amazing how they respond. Like, I'm wondering who's training them. And they're mm-hmm. they're just, you know, everyday people at home, and they're buying these buttons online at a store we're all familiar with. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm just in, just in shock at how well they're communicating with them. Because mm-hmm. that's the only thing missing from them are words, really. Dogs have a really good memory. So I I do know that border border collies have been known to memorize up to 1,000 words. Wow. Um, I also know that dogs, one thing I've learned is that dogs can see yellow and blue and every other color appears Mm -hmm. in shades of gray. So, Mm -hmm. and I've also noticed that with my own dogs because the toys that they always go for are the yellow ones. Oh, yeah. My dog's not, he, he, he prefers pink I don't know why. Pink balls, pink, any stuffies, that's what he loved. Those are his favorite, pink. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Strange, right? Yeah, I know. Mm. Have you ever, Um, do you guys ever remember the parrot, the African gray parrot named Alex? And he was a university bird. Um, They taught him 
They had doctors working with them, psychologists. They trained him to say over 400 different words. Mm -hmm. He would sing songs and all kinds of things like that. After he passed away, I was contacted by one of his caretakers at the university. And she goes, I wanted to share a story with you because I donated money. Um, they were they were trying to buy another parrot at the university. And um, she goes, I wanted to share a story with you, and I hope you'll be able to share it with others. And this is probably the perfect show for it. She said, I own three African greys myself. She goes, they have never been in contact with Alex. He was the world's most, like, best talking African grey. And he could do puzzles and all kinds of things. She goes, within the week after he passed away, she goes, two out of my three birds were singing one of the songs that was only taught to Alex in the university. Aww, she goes, and she that. goes, I just really wanted to share that with you. I was just like, <laughs> wow. Oh, I love that. But it goes to show like there's this connection with this caregiver and that, the you know, that this bird um, obviously made his way somehow to the home and was teaching these other birds. She goes, I never taught, you know, what we taught at the university was for Alex only. We never taught it to the birds here. We had to keep that very separate for research purposes. So I thought that would be kind of fun to share. So yeah, that's fascinating. So, <laughs> so perhaps he taught them. Yes, it's the it's the only time. yeah, it's the only explanation that uh, I could come up with. And she was just mind blowing. She goes, it was literally within a week they were starting to sing parts of the song, and she says as time went on, they they just knew the song, and the song was only taught among with other songs to this one specific bird. That's amazing. Wow. That yeah. is incredible. Yeah. I mean, that if that's not an afterlife story. Wow. In one form or another. And that's a bird. It's not a typical, like we always think cats and dogs, but we just, I don't think many of us really think of the scope um, beyond that with these other little sentient beings, you know. Um, I want to put up this, this oh, comment because I can relate. Our dog came from a Chinese family and we had a big language barrier. Yeah. Tamara asked, do dogs, do dogs learn different languages? My adopted dog only understood Mandarin and learned English after several months. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, sometimes um, I will hear words in languages that I don't know what they are. Hmm. Mm. My dog's um, bilingual. And I can't identify it. <laughs> that's, um, that's interesting. Yeah. So what... <laughs> One uh, one example is actually a, a, a cat. I did a reading for um, uh, a woman. Um, this is in my this is in my upcoming book, Pets in the Afterlife Four, about messages from spirit cats. And um, there was a, a woman who had a cat, and she she just said, you know, whatever my cat wants to say. And I so the cat kept telling me the word mala m a l a. Hmm. I don't know what that means. I I know mal in Spanish means bad, but I don't know in what Italian M -A -L -A. as well. Unwell. Yeah. yeah. Mala means sick in Italian. Okay. Yeah. Male. Yeah. My <laughs> my mother would be so proud of you because she was Italian. Oh, <laughs> thanks. Well, my mother shoved me in Italian school for ten years, so if I don't know that, I'm in trouble. <laughs> And I it was my to, first language. <laughs> oh, I I never went to school for Italian, but you know, when you grow up no. with an Italian mother, you only use you only learn the bad words. <laughs> yes, my mother was a sealer. Your mom too? Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm good with it. It's okay. Right I there. thought it was really funny. Yeah. So you, you, you ran into an issue then with the language barrier, obviously. So, yeah, so backtracking to the cat. Uh, yeah. um, so the cat kept saying the word mala, and I had no idea what that meant. So, uh, of course, I put it in the email, and I said, this is the cat is specifically saying this word mala. And, um, and the cat's um, mom wrote me back and said, that every morning she practices a meditation called Mala only in the privacy of her own room. And the only one that would ever know that is her and the cat. Aww, wow. I love moments like that. Those are precious. I was blown precious. away. By that. Yeah. You're thinking, do I tell her? Were you thinking like, do I tell her this? This doesn't sound right. <laughs> yeah. No, I, goes I to show thinking, you. Everything's probably, important. Yeah, she was probably thinking I'm crazy, but nope. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow, that's a great validation. That's a great validation. Um, do you ever get, um, like from any of the pets that you've spoken with, the cats, dogs, um, like messages they really needed to get across, like maybe met, like warnings or maybe, you mm -hmm. know, I can't move on until you know this, um, that mm -hmm. sort of thing? Yeah, one of the, one of the most, um, I think, emotional readings I've ever done was for a, uh, a little Cocker Spaniel yeah. puppy um, and his mom, uh, Elizabeth, this is, I think this is in my Pets in the Afterlife 2 book. This actually, this reading was devastating to me, but this woman, Elizabeth, wrote me and she said that uh, she had a Cocker Spaniel puppy and she went out with her friend and her husband was watching the, the dog and she got a call from her husband um, at about eight o'clock or eight thirty at night to come home because the dog was looking lethargic suddenly, and she, he didn't understand because he really didn't let the dog out of his sight. Mm -hmm. So um, she she came home and um, she called the emergency vet, and they said you can either bring the dog in right now. It was, of course it was on a weekend. Everything happens on a weekend. No, <laughs> um, always. Yeah. You can't yeah. get to a vet, yeah. yeah. Or you know, you or you can watch the dog for an hour or two and make sure the dog's comfortable, and then make a decision. So she opted to watch the dog. Well, she checked back with the dog in an hour, and the dog had passed away. Oh, oh my! She was devastated, and oh she did not know what happened. Wow. So she reached out to me. Oh. Um, the dog came through to me and showed me that he that he liked to go outside and he liked to nibble on plants and um she yeah. and and i said it was it was something toxic that he oh. that killed him and she and i sent her a list of spca most toxic plants and she wrote me back and she said yeah i have several of those in my backyard and he did like eating plants and you know i said it's not your husband's fault at all the dog takes full responsibility that this is what he liked to do um mm -hmm. there was no way that you know you couldn't have known that th these were out there mm -hmm. um but she was devastated and oh, of course um so that story she she allowed me to to share his story in the book you know i changed the names but um as a warning to pet parents that there are uh common house plants that are toxic and deadly to dogs and cats that we yeah. have. Yeah, 
especially coming into the season like mistletoe ivy poinsettia, poinsettia. Um, there's a few different ones that you just don't just don't think about you know and you yeah i think people will will remember them at christmas but not during the year when they're gifted a plant they don't think like mm. i have very 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 few plants in my house and only because they were given to me and i looked up every single one of them because my biggest fear is a leaf dropping it doesn't matter how high you have it up if mm. a leaf drops because it's dried up and dead it's on the floor it's still toxic it's still toxic yeah so you have to know and i think that if if you want to have plants in your home i suggest you go to a nursery and ask them a lot of the bigger nurseries will have a section that is pet friendly mm -hmm. and it will read pet friendly on mm -hmm. it and you can talk to them and they'll help you you know i know i've done that mm -hmm. so that's yeah. a big fear i wonder if that's ever happened in a past life to one of my animals because i've always had that fear inside of me mm -hmm. that and choking on the the quartz for the blinds or collars yeah my dog doesn't wear a collar for a specific reason lot too. yeah, yeah it's, it's, i know um yeah i guess that would be so basically bringing peace to their owners that's that's a that's a big one do you ever get anything where they're trying to warn their owners um just uh the only time the only kind of warning that they give me is not to adopt a um a dog or a cat of a certain sex because they want to be the only dog oh or cat male or female. Gosh. Oh my gosh. That is funny. Yeah. <laughs> That's a end, little eh? eagle there. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine an animal with an eagle. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Good point. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Pardon? Wayne brought up a good point. If you have um, Christmas trees, the preser the preservative in the water is deadly to pets. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I, I have an artificial tree for it. See, there's so many reasons. Yeah, and then this is the big one now because these are very popular. Essential, essential oils. Essential oils. If you have a diffuser and you have a cat, and never, not only if you have a cat or dog, if you have a baby, you should not be using essential, essential oils. oils. It coats and clogs the lungs. Those little microscopic little mm -hmm. bubbles in the air that you're breathing in because you think this smells so good oh is really toxic. A lot of people don't a, know that. No, there is a list. You can ask your veterinarian for it. And mm -hmm. I'm sure you can go online. I would ask the vet because you never know who puts what online. Mm -hmm. And there is my veterinarian has it on her website, a list of essential mm -hmm. oils that are toxic to pets. Even come candles, try to find pet free candles. I've heard yeah. that as well. So while we're yeah. being all informative on the whole pet front, um, yeah, buy pet-free candles and yes. scented. And, and it is time to do our station and sponsor. It's time for me to work. I know. We're just having too much fun. It's time to work. <laughs> <laughs> you are listening to The Outer Realm with Michelle DeRoche and Amelia Pisano coming to you live from the beautiful city of New Orleans on 105.3 and 107.7 FM. Joining us tonight is special guest Rob Gutro, and we are discussing pets and the afterlife. If you missed it, no worries. You can stream or listen to our archives on any platform that you normally use. We want to give a big thank you and a shout out to the amazing people at Folgers Coffee for fully sponsoring our show from day one. We love you and we thank you so much and thank you for your continued support. 
And a huge, huge thank you for our intro and outro to Dr. Snick, the sonic surgeon, Justin Snicker, who's an award-winning composer and musician. You can find his music on Amazon and Bandcamp and find him on Facebook and Instagram. And if you're on my Instagram, when I post the show promos, you can click on the little sound button and you'll hear different clips because I do attach different clips of his music as well to that. So if you are on Facebook, Instagram, or on YouTube, make sure to give us a like and subscribe. Please. Exactly. <laughs> that right there. <laughs> so, and of course, for Rob's websites, we have them both scrolling across here, and they are also in the show description, along with a list of all your books, all your social media links. So there'll be a lot of ways for people to reach out to you um, and interact with you. So if somebody wants to do a pet reading, Mm -hmm. um, you obviously have a, like your website specifically for pet spirits or is this for your books or maybe you can guide us through there. Tis the season. <laughs> <laughs> so all, all of my books are actually available on, on Amazon. I don't <clears throat> sell them through my website. Okay, um, I'm a self-published guy. So right. um, what you have right behind you, if anyone's right. watching, you can see it. <laughs> Robgutrow.com. That's right. Yeah, because my name is kind of, you know, massacred. So um, it's weird. <laughs> Did I massacre it this time? No, no. <laughs> People like to put a, a W on my name and there's no W. Or they like to put an H in my name and there's no H. Uh, oh, because <laughs> Ro. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. So that makes it easier. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, they're all on Amazon. And uh, because I'm self-published, I, <clears throat> I want people to read them and get comfort, especially with the pets. Right. So I, I can price them myself. So I price them under $10 oh. um, on paperback. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a meteorologist during the week. So that's I how that. I make my living. But I, I do that. this because I am, um, I'm driven by Buzz, um, my little guy <laughs> over here, yeah. um, who is, has really opened the door for me to help people and comfort them. So, mm. but I also communicate with humans. So Mm -hmm. six, of, six of the other books are about my interactions with earthbound ghosts who are people or mm -hmm. spirits. And we're going to bring over. you back on for that, too. Oh, cool. Yeah, so, yeah, we will. We will. All kinds of things. I love that. Yeah. Um, I have to ask, when you are, like, have you ever come across being, doing a reading for pets who maybe don't have much time and where you help the family to prepare them for that passing? Or do you basically just try to avoid that altogether? Because I, I, if I had a pet that was near passing, I would want mm -hmm. someone like you to say, I want to know how to make this transition easier for my pet. So I, I can only communicate with pets that have already passed. Okay, interesting. So, yeah, so I always send people to an animal communicator so that okay. they know. Animal communicators have that ability to talk with pets that are currently alive. That's actually really interesting. Can you explain why? Because I would never have thought that there was a difference. Sure. So, um, so my gift. Every there, there's so many different aspects to this. The these gifts that I have learned. So I can mm -hmm. only communicate with pets, people, and pets that have passed away. Okay. Animal communicators um, can understand language. Um, body language and um, mm -hmm. facial expressions and so forth of living animals mm -hmm. so that they can communicate with 
a living animal and they can tune into their their energy um i've also found that animal communicators are like reiki masters as well oh, because they're reading energy um okay. i don't again i don't have that gift my gift right. is really narrow right um, no i think it's an amazing i don't think it's gift. narrow i think it's, it's that's, that's an amazing incredible. gift i sell that short no no no. no well people ask me thank you so people ask me too about being psychics and sometimes people will call me a pet psychic and i and uh, i'm not a psychic either because what i've learned is that psychics can tune into energies of the past the present and the future so they can tell you what you did in your past and they can mm -hmm. tell you what you're going through right now and direct you to what you should do in the future mm -hmm. i don't have that gift either mm -hmm. um right. again i can only communicate with the, the people and pets on the other side that's but, a mediumship gift. yeah so yeah. so psychics can communicate with with energy and i think tower readers are psychic mm -hmm. really some absolutely some just yeah. master the art of of reading cards or runes or talismans and i think it's great i think anything any kind of ability that you have that can be helpful in helping people passed on or people who are nearing that i work with many people who are close to passing you know and just by communicating with those on the other side waiting for them um so i guess that brings me back to my question have you had pets you know who who let's say let's let's, let's take it a different step pets who are basically are waiting for their loved ones to um to transition and maybe the pet knows it and are saying to you you know can you let them know i'm going to be there or that sort of thing because that would give me a heck of a lot of peace knowing my little chichis were going to be there waiting for me well they they yeah they they always they do tell me that they will be there waiting um right. and and sometimes they will tell me which pet on the other side will come to greet someone oh, yeah. who's about to pass. Right. Um, I, I've done readings for uh, people whose dog or cat recently passed, mm -hmm. and they will they will tell me whichever dog or cat had passed before was the one that stepped forward. And usually, I find too that the ones that that we talked about how personalities yeah. are maintained on the other side. Yes. So the pet that is more um, assertive or more social will mm -hmm. be the first one to step forward while the other ones will be back in the shadow that's interesting would that work similar to like the pack mentality even you know how you have the matriarch or patriarch when you have more than one pet and one passes and then mm -hmm. the next one would step up does it work like that also with them while they're all together on the other side it seems to be yeah. oh, okay mm -hmm. oh there be some trouble in the pack, I'd say, with uh -oh. the, the last little <laughs> one that went in there. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's a rut roll. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I know. No, that's actually really interesting to know. It just sort of gives me a little bit of an idea. Because as a, a foster mom, a rescue mom, like, you see a lot of them come and go. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just it's good to know that they're going to be there waiting. But I know people who have lost pets. And I'm thinking might be a very nice Christmas gift, which is why I am, I'm saying, like, what is the, the process to um, communicate with you to get a reading from you, especially be, if it's being gifted? Because I don't want to um, just come out and say, hey, this is what I'm getting you. <laughs> well, so there, there's, well, there's a, there's a pro and a con here. So um, okay. <laughs> usually, because uh, 
I so I do my my readings by email, but and they're usually the instructions are on the website. Usually people just what people will do is um, they will send me, I ask for uh, a small amount of money yeah. just to cover my time um, on PayPal. And of then course. I send them a confirmation of what what weekend they will get it because I do I do them on weekends. Okay. But, but um, Amelia and Michelle, I am booked out until October, 2023. Wow. So, okay. Good so, for you. That is yeah. fantastic. See, that's a huge testimony to your credibility and it how is. incredible you are. You make it so small, but you're giving so much peace to so many people. Seriously, I, I admire that. <laughs> Pardon? I need, need to retire. To... I need to yeah. do this full time. <laughs> you, you, you probably would be doing it full time. But I agree yeah. with Amelia. That speaks volume about your integrity and your credibility, um, you know, with respects to what you do. Well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm humbled and I'm flattered, really. Um, and for people who want to know how it works, that's why I wrote Pets in the Afterlife. Uh, you know, one, two, three, and four. If you want to see what a reading looks like, mm -hmm. those will give you, each chapter was, um, uh, were from many of the chapters were from readings that I did that pet parents graciously allowed me to mm -hmm. uh, put in print so that other pet parents can understand different ways that their pets communicate. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it's a good way to understand a reading. I mean, I do get, I do get some emails from people who say they're totally skeptic they're skeptics well, sure. and but that's um, with everything yeah and i mean it's healthy to be a skeptic but there sometimes i would caution people to say if if you are that skeptical then don't mm -hmm. ask for a reading because right. you've already decided that it's not going to be what you want you're pretty much just closing the door already before you even really open it and that's yeah. kind of sad you know you just have to remind them i'm a scientist <laughs> right that's Follow a big one on your side, just saying. <laughs> That's true. No, no. And I'll, I'll tell you that, um, so I'll tell you a little story that um, a, a gentleman sent me a couple of, two, two, two three years ago, a gentleman sent me a, um, an email, asked me for a reading. Mm -hmm. um, and by the way, um, somebody, somebody said to me, why do you charge uh, a small fee? Um, and I will tell you that for a decade for 10 years, I charged absolutely nothing. And I would spend mm -hmm. five to 10 hours a weekend doing free readings mm -hmm. while my other half was yelling at me to come downstairs. <laughs> right, it's um, your life. And you and people don't realize self-published authors, that comes out of your own pocket. It does. Um, so it's a good contribution, you know? But uh, but I, I, you know, I try, I try to make everything affordable because yeah. I, I know I wouldn't want to pay a lot of money um, either. Mm -hmm. So, um, mm -hmm. but I was, I was going to tell you a story yes. of a gentleman that had emailed me. He lost, uh, he lost a black lab. And mm -hmm. I think this is my pets in the afterlife three book. Um, and he sent me a note and he said, um, I, I just have a couple of questions, ask me a couple of general questions. And at the end of the reading, one of the things that the dog said to me was the number five twelve, And he said, this number is is special this number is specific to me or my dad and and the gentleman wrote me back and he said i have no idea what that is um and i said well keep it in mind over time it may come to you mm -hmm. well eight months later he wrote me back 
Mm -hmm. eight months later. Wow. And I'm glad he did. And he said, you may not remember me. This is my first name. You read a black lab. This is my dog's name. And you said the number 512. And um, he said, I finally figured out what it was. And he said, I confess that I am a doctor. And he said, I was seeing a patient in my office just this week. And my uh, patient was suffering from a collapsed lung. And I wrote the number 512. That's the medical code. And he said, then I realized that is what took the life of my dog. Oh, my word. So the dog wow. was communicating in medical terms. In Holy cow. His dad was, knew the number. Yeah, and he was thinking like everybody who sits for a reading, they're looking for date of birth, they're looking for anniversaries. They're not thinking, they're just thinking personally. That's why it's well, important but, to be open-minded when you're but, receiving that information. That's, that's the way he should have, and it took him eight months to make the connection. Like the mm -hmm. dog gave the one thing that should have made that he connection didn't look easy. for that he was looking for a favorite toy he was looking for something well, simple how do you figure your dog's gonna know medical term he wasn't thinking 512 is a medical term it's like do i look for an address i get this all the time with readings do i look for an address is it an anniversary mm -hmm. is someone's death date is it like what is it they don't think of anything else and then it comes up that is fantastic. Yeah, actually, that's really incredible. Yeah, that's a that's a really good validation for you as well, Rob. Wow. Yeah. Well, I was shocked. Yeah, because how would you know <laughs> that? Right? I know. Yeah, you should be. Wow, that's that's crazy. That's so impressive. Would you say that's the most shocking thing you have, or what's the most shocking reading that you've done? The most outrageous. Oh my goodness. Um, well, another just, woman. Uh, a woman named Ginny wrote me and asked me about how the way in the reasons in which her four of her dogs died okay and every single one of them came through to me at the same time and they identified specific ways that they passed away and she was able to confirm and understand how they died oh, um, oh wow from good snake bites to other things um mm -hmm. you know and you know i don't again yeah. when i get these emails I get a first name, sometimes a last name. Mm -hmm. I don't know where in the world these people live. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know what their house looks like. I don't know anything about them. All I know mm -hmm. is here's a picture of my cat or my dog. Here's here's their first name. Here's mm -hmm. my questions. Mm -hmm. um, and somebody said to me, how do I know that you don't spend hours researching um, this person online? Who and I'm like, kind of I have a career, you know? Yes. I don't I'm not I have a life. Uh, yeah. Can you um, imagine if you did that, you'd charge by the hour. <laughs> it's like well, I, I would spend to, hours researching somebody. That's I would crazy. have to charge hundreds of dollars and yes. hire consultants. For that time. To do yeah. something like yeah. that. Yeah, that's insane. And how would you get that information that you need anyways? Know. Like how somebody accused me of of uh looking up so their social media platform and, and they were in another country. And I'm like I, I don't, I wouldn't even know how to do that. <laughs> oh my God. That's, yeah. I think people, every, you know, you're going to have your skeptics and you're going to have your yeah. naysayers and, and sometimes no matter what you find and how accurate it is. And, mm -hmm. you know, they're, they, they just don't want to believe it. It's, you, know? you know, it's okay. I, I don't, I don't take offense. It is. No, no. no. 
No, that's the, the paranormal and average, it's, you know, it's normal. Yeah. But I, I do have to tell you that I have been, I have given readings uh, all over the world, um, mm -hmm. Japan, South Korea, um, uh, Colombia, um, uh, England, Poland, mm -hmm. Canada, everywhere and anywhere. And, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the thing is, is that I never know where these people are from. Um, right. But the pet will describe their surroundings to me. And I'm like, that's weird. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen that before. Oh. Um, okay. And then it turns out they're, they're in uh, Turkey, for instance. Right. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And the pet, you know, the, the person went right back and say, um, oh, that makes sense because I, you know, I, I live in this country and this is what we have in the house. And I'm like, Okay. <laughs> I've so never cool. been to your country. That's excellent. Do you think yeah. the pet is, is that the pet's way of letting you know that this is where I'm from? Because yeah. I was going to say, how do you like do they do a language barrier? Do they speak to you in that language or in their language? So how do you how do you like what do you go Google Translate or how do you really get that? And I know it sounds funny, but you yeah. having to communicate in a different language how do you decipher the pet and then decipher it to the people well they mostly show me images okay so, okay so that i don't that have to worry sense. about languages right. um it's mostly been with people that have come through speaking different languages whenever they will show me okay. like a person on the other side that's come to greet them mm -hmm. and the person will be speaking a different language right okay. uh, and i don't understand what it is mm -hmm. um that i have to convey that Right, right. Images. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. That's that's the easiest. I love that. I just totally love that. That's just fantastic. So, so I have to say that I never would have imagined that I would have this kind of a gift. Um, and I, I, I wasn't sure what to do with it when I was a kid. So I buried it and, you know, right. until I was like 40 until Buzz passed. Mm -hmm. um, and my mother had it, but she was afraid of it. Um, right. But when I was a kid, I always wanted to be a superhero. So I look at this as a superpower. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> and the fact that it's one of your pets that really helped push you to do it, to help pets and their and their families. I think that's spectacular. That's so humble. I would do anything for a pet. I really same, would. Same. I know. You're very humble. And I, you know, I thank you for what you do. I think that is just oh, well, amazing. Thank well, thank you both too for what oh, you do, thank because you. obviously you're you're amazing pet parents. Because we've <laughs> all we've all been choked up tonight. Yeah. <laughs> oh my true. god, for babies. It's true. Yeah. I know, Rachel. You gotta let your guests talk. I don't like rude people, so we're gonna remove you. <laughs> Could have said that nicer, but yes, we're all emotional, and it's easy to. Uh, it's easy to get lost in it, I think, because people get passionate about their pets. My daughter works at a veterinary clinic, and she has literally been accosted verbally by pet owners, you know, who just figure that they should be prioritized more than, you know, somebody's coming in with an emergency. You know, she says, I've seen horrific things. I've seen animals die on the way. You know, I've seen so many things. And, and, but she goes, but, she always says, but I understand. I am a pet owner also. I work with rescues and it's a very passionate thing. Like there, it, it makes people crazy. And I could see it, yeah, especially you when you, 
see them passing when you're dealing with rescues and you see horrific stories coming with these animals. Right. I'm glad you brought that up, Michelle, because I, I do get reading, I do get people that email me a lot and say, well, this is an emergency. And it's hard for me to say, well, you know, everybody's pet is an emergency to them. Yeah. Yes. And, yes. you know, it's hard. It, it's hard for me to say to people, well, uh, you know, it's okay for you to jump a year ahead of everybody else mm, because no. it's not fair. No, it's not mm. fair. It's not fair. Everybody wants that message. Some people, desperate people, I think, go do pretty desperate things. They take some desperate measures. And I just feel like we live in a time where right now people are very easily agitated. Mm -hmm. And I find that people just really need to be kinder to one another. I agree. And, I, I wish I could help everybody immediately, but I'm only yeah. one guy. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I just, I don't have, I don't mm -hmm. have the resources. I don't have the time. You have a life as well. You know, so, it, it happens. Yeah. And I, you're, I you're understand also, that. You're also a pet parent of three dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Three, yeah. And That's I work rescue and I'm on a paranormal group and I, I do yeah. all that stuff in my spare time. But, but again, that's why I wrote the books that if somebody wants immediate comfort, learn how your pets are trying to communicate with you. And, yeah. and that way you don't need a medium. You can find mm -hmm. out yourself. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you, you can be a medium rare. <laughs> that's a, that's a dad joke. And on that note, very cute. Okay, I'm old. I'm old. No, you're not. I am. I'll take it. I love it, though. I love it. Okay. Well, as we're nearing the top of the hour, pr promote yourself. Get your websites out, and um, and if you have another book coming out, promote it. Just promote, promote. Oh, you you're you're so kind. Um, so um. So I have three series of books, Pets in the Afterlife, uh, one, two, three, and four. I have another series called Ghosts on a Medium's Vacation, which is about ghosts that I met when I went on a vacation. I love that title. Don't stop talking to me. <laughs> and um, and the other one is about spirits and ghosts, earthbound and, and ones who have crossed over. Um, and uh, so all of them are on Amazon. All of them are under $10 a piece on in paperback and a lot less on ebook. Um, Pets in the Afterlife 4 comes out January 10th. Um, it's on pre-order right now for Kindle. Um, it's Pets in the Afterlife 4 uh, Messages from Spirit Cats. Oh, fantastic. Um, yep, it follows up the spirit dogs. And, and I, I'm also humbled to say that the dogs pets in the afterlife three with my dogs dolly and franklin who passed in 2020 on the cover and have their own chapters of how they conveyed signs that won a an international book award for 2021 and 2022 as best one of the best pet grief books oh, and congratulations how is how did this happen i i'm just I'm humbled. Doesn't that, um, I don't know. There's a, lot, there's a lot of pet parents and um, mm -hmm. there's very little for them to find and, and read about how to grieve. It, it's so difficult. Mm -hmm. You know, not everybody understands that a fur baby is like a baby to you. They don't mm -hmm. understand it with me because I have a daughter. I'm like, but this is the son I never had. I don't know how to tell you that. He just, I've mm -hmm. always loved animals though. I think people who get it have, always had them or loved mm -hmm. them from little absolutely but i also yeah. believe it's your path and i believe that 
you know, the way will be paved for you to get your message out. And we're like truly, we're so, so um, happy that you came on and, you know, joined us um, and spoke about all of this. We thank you so much for that. And we're happy to, to offer this platform. And of course, being, like I said, rescue advocates, um, that especially was a really nice surprise that you are, you know, of like mind and a supporter in that way as well. So I have sent you two emails and um, they show sent, but yet when I go in my stream, I'm not seeing them. So if you have not received them, please check. If you have not received them, I'm just going to start a fresh email, a fresh stream. (laughs) And I'm going to, because I, I made mention that, yes, I wanted to book you further to come on the show with us with some of your other books. And we had talked about that briefly with dates and I threw dates at you and I never went back. Yeah. So just, just have a look. Cause if you didn't get it, I want to make sure that, that I send them back out to you because we would love to have you on again. Oh, well, thank you both. I, um, you have just made my week. Thank thank you. you. And buon Natale. (laughs) That's Italian. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Anyway. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Okay. Thank you so much, Rob. I will be in touch with you very shortly. Okay. Thank you and good night. Thank good night. you. Have a good night. Thank you Thank so you. much. What an honor. Thank you. Good night. Wow. Just that was fun. And yes, we do get a little bit you know, emotional. We, we speak about these things and we do try to have a lot of fun with our guests. It's not traditional for those who aren't used to us. It's not traditional answer a question. And just, you know, we are complimented on our style of making our guests feel comfortable and sharing of information. So you can always say something in a nice way and it'll be taken as constructive, but when you're not very nice, you're going to get booted. Sorry. That's just the way it's going to be. So with that being said, We have come to the end of another fantastic segment of The Outer Realm. And a huge, huge thank you to Rob Gutro, said that right. And um, we will be bringing him back on to cover, uh, you know, some of his other books. I I just, you know, I think it's just so kind of him to price his books so they are reasonable for people to be able to afford them, especially the pets, you know, the pet books. Because I really feel that if people know... Um, that, you know, if they're grieving, if these books can help them, I think it's wonderful. I really do. And I'm, I'm grateful that he's booked that far in advance. It just speaks a lot about his, his credibility and his integrity, obviously. So Mm -hmm. big thank you to him. Big thank you to Folgers Coffee for sponsoring the show. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, We appreciate so much. Big thank you to Dr. Snick, Justin Snicker. Uh, We appreciate you so much also. Um, if you want to email us, you guys know how to go to the Outer Realm page. Best, probably quickest way, click on that email button or message us at the Outer Realm contact at gmail.com. Next week, I know it's what you all been waiting for. Next week, okay, Wednesday, we welcome the return of Mark Ollie. And he's going to be talking about mysteries of the Bible, um, Da Vinci. There's a lot of connections in there. So he's going to be piecing some things together. Uh, That will be next Wednesday. Brace yourself for Thursday night. I know you guys ask all the time. We're going to try to be, 
giving you a bit more of just Amelia and I. So we're going to be having a roundtable discussion as we address Christmas traditions and folklore from around the world. It'll be a boatload of fun. Um, Ancient, right? Yeah, all of it, right? Yeah. So, going to be a lot of fun uh tomorrow night uh feel well if you're in and around on a friday night check out the church of mabus at 8 p.m that's eastern and right after that at 10 p.m check out the centralist for all your diehard um you know want to let go some of that angst and some politics and stuff get in there and just like get right in there because he's you know joe joe montaldo and his whoever he's co-hosting with he has guests co-hosts that come on and you will definitely get a lot of interaction and you'll be able to participate so do that in the meantime thank you all for tuning in and we will see you all next week good night have a good weekend <laughs>